Thank you all for tuning in to Conversations with Erica, the podcast that's about discussing everything from relationships, self-care, hot topics, and baby, anything else that's worth discussing. Now let's get started. He said, she said. Now I know you all have heard that saying before. Today we're going to be talking about a variety of things, everything, some of this, some of that, but we're going to do it from a man's point of view and from a woman's point of view. We're going to start off with Dr. Ashley Poole. We're going to explore a variety of things. Uh, I don't want to give it up to you too soon, but all I want you to do right now is go on and grab your beverage of choice, whichever one makes you feel nice and at home, whether it's sweet tea, lemonade, water, milk, Miralax, apple cider vinegar. I don't know what you young folks are drinking today, but get it. Sit down, throw your blanket on top of you, wiggle your toes, and enjoy this conversation. All right, welcome everyone. Today I have um, an old friend, not that she's old, but we go way back to high school. <laughs> I have um, Dr. Ashley Poole on. Um, she received her doctorate in clinical psychology. And today we're going to do something along the source of like a rapid fire. So we're just going to be talking about anything and everything. So uh, welcome, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to chatting with you this evening. I'm excited. I'm excited too, because I'll be watching your page and you throw a lot of good questions out there and I see people going back and forth. So this should be good. Absolutely. And as you stated, we do go way back, not old, but just back to the 252. Mm -hmm. 252. (laughs) All right. So, hey, with the first question, who cheats more, men or women? Men, absolutely. Men definitely cheat more than men. That's statistically proven. It's like I, I don't have the data, but I would say uh, men cheat more from my professional and personal experience. Hmm. But we know women do cheat, just not as often. Why do you think that is, though? Why do you think men cheat more? Um, societal norms. So from a religious standpoint, which is where a lot of um, couples develop their, you know, expectations in relationships, it's been socially accepted for men to, you know, date multiple women. I mean, there are some religions now present day that, you know, it's, it's acceptable. And so I think that it's just viewed that men will cheat, you know, boys will be boys. Um, and it's not such a negative connotation. So it's not often received with as many consequences, whereas if women cheat. So if a woman cheats, knows that she may be viewed um, in a certain way that may uh, dictate whether or not she can secure the next relationship, to me, it decreases the likelihood of it happening again. So you you said you had people who come in um, from the result of infidelity, right? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about moving forward after someone has cheated? What- I think that it's possible. First, I'll say that there is tragedy when it, you know, when cheating happens in a relationship, but there is triumph afterwards if you decide that that's what you want to do is make it work. So Mm -hmm. uh, I would say about 90% of the couples that I've worked with professionally 
have um, actually overcome cheating. I will say what kind of like also we need to discuss or what plays a role in that is the frequency. So like if it's something that happens all the time, like if this is the fifth time that I've mm-hmm. you know, uh, excused your cheating, it may be more likely to end. But usually if we're just talking about that first time, most couples that I've, you know, work with have wanted to work it out, but it's taken a lot of patience and therapy. I mean, a lot of times the people that I do see that are successful, as I stated professionally, they've come to a professional to say, look, I don't want to leave this person. This person did mess up. How can we get over it? So mm-hmm. they I give them the tools to see, you know, what they need to do to one, uh, decrease the likelihood that it'll happen again, but also to, to get past it because, you know, you can't keep, well, it's not helpful to keep bringing up after you've been cheated on. So I give them all of that. <laughs> um, what are some deal breakers for you when it comes to um, dating or in the, you know, what's some things that would be like a no go for you? Homosexuality. So I'm not, um, you know, so right now I am engaged, uh, got engaged, you know, you can see the ring, they can't, but I got engaged Valentine's Day this year. And so, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I'm, I was, you know, thinking about like, what are my deal breakers when it comes to dating? So the first thing I would say would be homosexuality. I do not want to date a man that has been with other men. Mm-hmm. Um, another deal breaker for me would be um, someone that is like an extremely jealous person. So I don't mind a little, um, a little jealousy. You know, I think that's normal. It, most emotions are normal in moderation, but I'm a very sociable person. I know a lot of people. I'm in a sorority. I went to an HBCU. So a deal breaker would be jealousy. Um, There really aren't a lot of deal breakers for me. I have gotten over cheating before. Um, Obviously, it's not something that I want to have to tolerate, but I'm not going to act like I haven't accepted a man back after he cheated on me. But homosexuality, jealousy, and I do need you to be able to take care of yourself. So financial stability in that way. I am not trying to take care of a man. I'm used Mm -hmm. to being a breadwinner. I don't think I've ever dated a guy maybe once in which the guy made more than me. But I'm also a part of the 3%. You know what I'm saying? Like only 3% of all psychologists are African-American. I mean, I'm a postdoctoral fellow now. And even before then, money came to me very easily because of the kind of work that I do. So I don't require that a man makes more than me, but I require that he can take care of himself. I don't want to pay your car payment. I don't want no scrub. <laughs> well, I don't me- have a long list. <laughs> you say you, you don't have a long list. <laughs> <laughs> you you gotta you you got to. <laughs> Come on now, you would somebody would been snatched you up by then. Look, so I think really when it you know when I reflect back on dating. And it, it was like, I would, so to me, deal breakers mean like you're not even giving a person a, ch- a chance once you see ABC, like that's a deal breaker. I ain't even giving this, like, don't even ask me out on a date. You what know about a red flag? What's a red flag? Ooh, so the guy, this, this red flag is about probably listening and Facebook knows this situation well. So age is relevant 
when we think about red flags. You know, every guy or person you date is not going to be someone you're going to be with forever. So red mm-hmm. flags differ depending on the type of relationship. If it's someone that I'm dating and they're going to be like potential for my husband, it's more red flags because I'm looking long term. But if it's just somebody that I'm great, you know, kick it with what they call boot up. Okay. Boot up. You know, we just going to boot up a little bit. I might... <laughs> I might see certain things or factors that I wouldn't necessarily view as red flags, but one specific red flag, you know, I named finances last, but it's probably the most important to me is um, this guy was dating and we were, he was still an undergrad. I was working on my master's. I was headed to his house and um, I told him I was going to stop at McDonald's and he was like, you know, we'll get me something. And um, I think like I had probably bought him some Chinese food or bought him some food a couple occasions previously. And, you know, just like it's off, you know, like we we boot up. So, I don't, you know, I'm not tripping. But I, this time I was like, because I know that, you know, gifts is my love language. I can be very given. I cannot keep score and I can easily get taken advantage of because I have an abundance. So I was like, OK, I said, but when I get there, I really don't have much cash. I say, so I'm going to need you to you know, give me the money back. Girl, you know, he texted me back and was like, never mind. So that was <laughs> red flag. And it wasn't never mind because he was like, she being petty or any petty wasn't even a thing back then. He was saying, never mind, because you didn't have the money. So why are you asking me to get something that you mm-hmm. wouldn't sell? So that's a red mm-hmm. flag. When someone that's is trying to get you to do things for them that they don't do or wouldn't do for themselves. Mm-hmm. Don't That's be good. Good. You don't have money to buy it for yourself. I know. We're talking about McDonald's. He said, no, I got some ramen here. I'm okay. <laughs> That's what he should have said. So mm-hmm. I consider. They're getting too comfortable. Getting too comfortable. I consider that a red flag, especially. So this is what I will say. I'm, you know, I can't, even though I'm personalizing, I can't help but get a little clinical for whoever's listening. Um, you really have to look at yourself and do a self-analysis because, you know, different people can take different things. And so mm-hmm. there aren't necessarily general red flags unless we get into someone that's, you know, um, crossing lines on the basic human rights. Like, you know, people have a right to be respected. No one should be, you know, physically or verbally or sexually abusing you. Like those are the, you know, the primary things. But when we start to talk about like preferences and what we want in a relationship, different things can look like red flags. Like to me, I'm an only child. So let's say that, you know, I'm dating a guy and we don't see each other every single day or he, you know, sometimes wants to go do ABC with friends. To some people, that's like a red flag. He's not wanting to spend time with me. I don't mind. I have so much going on and I'm so busy that it's not a red flag that we're not spending all the time together or that he doesn't want to be with me every waking moment. So it's very specific. But the money thing is. Red flag all day for me. <laughs> okay, so he just got to be able to take care of himself. Yes. Not not you, but just himself. I'm taking care of me is a is a tall order. I'm, you know, like lay it down. Lay it out. Let us know. Break it down. Care of me is a tall order. You know, like I'm an only child. I grew up very privileged. Um and so it's not realistic for me to expect that. If I do or did, I would still be single. Because okay, okay, I, okay. But what do you mean? Take care of me like 
I, I, I'm not a label whore, but I like fine things. Mm-hmm. And so to me, you know, the, the things that I would need to quote unquote be taken care of. Like, so let's say I make six figures, you know, people can Google what clinical psychologists and private practice make, you know, I'm a postdoctoral fellow transitioning to a clinical psychologist. I can't technically call myself a clinical psychologist until I'm licensed. But with that being said, that means if you're going to take care of me, you would need your income to take care of you and you would need to have an extra six figure salary to take care of me because I don't have any children and I've been taking care of myself. So my lifestyle is based upon what I've been, you know, able to provide for myself. So if you need six figures though, how much would he need to take care of six figures? He, he wouldn't not like when you say take care, do you mean like pay all your bills or you mean treat you, treat you to nice things, getaways and things of that nature. And that's why we got to get specific on logistics. We got, we got calm now. (laughs) <laughs> we have to so in psychology we operationally define things and that just basically okay. we get on the same page so when we say take care of let's you and i operationally define that so when i say take care of what i am saying is that yes this person is doing for me what i do for myself so taking care of me like i don't have to do anything because they're taking care of me because when i think of that title i think of how a parent takes care of their child i got you i'm not paying no bills they're not doing anything except riding Mm -hmm. so you take care of them like you know you buy their clothes you do everything i mean you solely provide for them they're not expected to go sell lemonade to get money to buy their medication they you take care of them you pay for their hair to get done or cut or whatever so i don't that's what i'm saying i don't need a man to take care of me i need him to take care of himself Gifts is my love language, meaning I like to receive gifts and I like to give gifts. So yes, it is absolutely necessary that a man be able to do nice things for me. However, there's a spectrum of nice things. If you can't buy me a Gucci or a Louis bag, then you can buy me Victoria's Secret panties for 25 for 25. So, but you buy me stuff that I like. I don't, I don't like non-West purses. So don't buy me a non-West purse. I could wear non-West shoes, but like, I think I've graduated from that. Don't get me wrong. I was wearing non-West bags at one time, maybe at North Lenore, but <laughs> now I, you know. I was wearing JCPenney. Look, <laughs> do, you, do you know what Rosetti is? And goodies and goodies. <laughs> right. Shoe, I like that. Ain't nobody complain. And there's nothing wrong with that. I shop at Target. So I think that doing nice things for me, like my fiance, he I have some roses in the kitchen now that he just got me. That was something nice that he, you know, did for me. There's a spectrum. So, you know, while it, it would it is it's nothing wrong with the guy or person that can provide, you know, those finer things that are on the more expensive scale, I definitely don't require that. Mm, okay. Okay. I, th- I I think he can do a good job under six figures, but take care of you means like you defined or like we decided means your bills and everything. So yeah, he would need to be making about, I mean, I don't know about in Philly, but in North Carolina, I would say he would need to be making about 200. Right. Right. So then that means in Philly, he needs to be 
half a millionaire. <laughs> like he needs to, you know. But what see, I'm in Philly, but he can he can do good at two fifty in Philly. And instead of taking okay. care of all the bills, if he was doing seventy and you were doing thirty, you you still. I mean, if you're paying for your car insurance and your phone bill and the groceries, right? You can you can still be uh, very very comfortable. And he still be able to get you nice things every other check. <laughs> that is very, very true. Um, but honestly, it, I wonder how realistic that is. Um, you know, one of my um, very good friends talked to me about, you know, relationship expectations um, related to demographic makeup. And, you know, unfortunately... We have to look at some of the statistics when it comes to different demographics. So like mm-hmm. most people I went to school with didn't look like me. And, you know, their their pool of, 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 of individuals to choose from was very different. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I think that whenever this is a very touchy topic. So I'm trying to choose my words wisely when I discuss this, um, because there is a, it's it's a very sensitive topic when we start to talk about like pools of dating expectations, what's important, what's not important. And a lot of times when people don't meet your criteria for dating, they become very critical of whatever your criteria is. And, you know, they want to minimize the importance of things. But with that being said, um, I, I, I do look at, you know, the demographic makeup of most black men in our age bracket. You know, so I'm 35. I turned 35 in September. Um, So, you know, really reflecting on, I guess, five years older, five years younger. So what's that 30 to 40? Um, You know, like if we did a quick Google search, I'm sure that the statistics that we would find wouldn't represent me. You know, Mm -hmm. like someone that is earning potential. Let's go off earning potential since I'm a postdoc fellow. My earning potential is six figures. I don't have any children. And you know, I am, you know, pretty carefree. I can make six figures pretty much anywhere that I go. Um, And so it's like, like, I'm not localized with that. And I don't believe that that is what the majority of men that I would be compared to would also be able to offer. What do you think? What kind of men? Black men age 30. Exactly. Yes. Um, So they, yeah. It's a fact. Um, uh, black women, and that would include a large portion of women coming from the, uh, Western Africa, mm-hmm. um, are the, the highest uh, degree earning group of people, mm-hmm. um, period. So, yes, if, if you are more so interested in someone who, who looks like you, then, yes, that's where it is. Now, you would have to catch them um, older at an older age. Right. Um, to, to match what, you know, you were making. They're out there. Um, but I mean, if you're open, I just, you know, I just, I, did I send you that link? I just did a race and dating with uh, the, the two guys over in London. Oh, so I, I definitely want to check that out. Listen. Um, okay. But, but you know, since I, like I've, I've, I've made a decision. I'm, I'm committed now. Like I said, yes. And you know, Valentine's Day. So I found someone that I believe I can grow with. I I, I really had to, 
I had to look at my list when I was a single woman of what my expectations were. And I had to toggle it a little bit um, and, and really reflect on what my values were. And I actually got to a period where I wasn't dating anyone. Um, and that's when I met my now fiance, when I had really shut everyone out, because I'm going to tell you, I was meeting men that were in this description that we described, but it was all relationships in which I would have been on a team and I didn't, you know, they had other ladies. I was on a team and I didn't want to be on a team anymore. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. You know, dating here has been very interesting. Dating period in this time is just horrible. The times of COVID or the times of being over 30? No, no, I like being, this is the best years of my life. No, I'm saying, (laughs) shoot, I got money. I can do what I want to do. I can go where I want to go when I want to go. No, no, this is, I've been most fit I ever been in my 30s. You said the most fit? Fit, Yeah. Okay. That I've ever been in my thirties. Plan or something? <laughs> yeah. You said what? You got to do me a fitness plan or something. You got to get me right. <laughs> okay, we we can start slowly. You can only have water for the next thirty days. <laughs> As you sip on whatever it is that you sip. <laughs> Great goose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, No, so, um, no, not simply during COVID, but just uh, in the age of social media Mm -hmm. and um, access to cell phones and things of that nature, the Internet. Right. Yeah. 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 Because it changes people's reality, I think, of what they can uh, what they can access. Everybody feels like they have access to something. Yes. They think the grass is green on the other side, you know. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing. All right. So let me ask, because, you know, in today's world, there's a lot of women going around there saying, I'm independent. Mm. There's songs about it, you know. I don't need no man to do this or do that. Is there a such thing? Is it? Is there such thing as being too independent? Um, no. There's not a such thing as being too independent. Um, and I say that because people are entitled to um people are entitled to live how they want to live, right? And if people want to say, I don't need a man, or if they want to um, live like that, then that's fine. I think that the problem is we really try to generalize inappropriately. And that's one reason that I really enjoy um, dialoguing on Facebook, because oftentimes people don't really discuss things like how we're discussing just to have a discussion and enjoy other opinions people are often discussing to persuade. Mm -hmm. They want to persuade someone to view things the way that they view them. And I don't believe there's a such thing as being too independent. I mean, I look at, you know, everyone's goal isn't to be married or to be, you know, in a committed relationship. So to me, 
being super independent would be important because you do have to be self-sufficient to, you know, realize when you're in that phase of maybe not having anyone that you, you know, you're still like able to set goals and reach them. So what about when you want to be in a relationship and you are pursuing being in a serious relationship? Is there a such thing as being too, well, there's a such thing, but how does that factor in to joining life with someone else being too independent? Now, okay, so you added another variable. So compromise is important and compromise, you know, coming to a mutual agreement. So I do believe that in healthy relationships, a person is willing to give some, take some, willing to make some changes about themselves or about their habits. And so in that case, I do believe that if your partner um, needs you to do less of something or more of something, then, you know, being a, not being so independent, it's like, no, this is what I want to do. I make all my decisions. Then I think that, you know, that's going to be helpful to making a relationship last past, you know, a, a certain threshold. But I mean, I, I, I think that the independent woman has gotten a um, a negative stereotype associated with her um, because I believe that most people will hear the independent woman and they automatically assume that she's saying, I'm independent. I don't need no man. Uh, you know, um, it's all about me, you know, whatever they assume that she means by saying independent. But to me, what she's saying is that she's self-sufficient, you know, independent, meaning that she's not relying on the government. She's not relying on her parents. She's not relying on her sugar daddy. She's basically saying, I'm I'm independent. I mean, you know, like we have to operationally define it. Um, and I view myself as an independent woman, even as someone's fiance, I still view myself as an independent woman, meaning that, you know, I am able to provide for myself sufficiently without the support of anyone else. I get it off the muscle. I'm a hustler. I'm on your page right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm about to see one of these juicy questions you ask. <laughs> yes, I can't wait till this is uh till this is up so I can uh oh, have man. come in. You um so so like okay. We, okay. Oh, you got one? I got one. I'm <laughs> starting from the top. Mm-hmm. Um agree or disagree. You can't expect monogamy from your man if you can't meet all his needs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this a freaking agree. This a freaking agree. I disagree. You can expect monogamy from your man if you can't provide all his needs. Like that was the video I was telling you about. So basically... Yeah. It was stated that, like, you know, if a person can't meet all... That's unrealistic to think a person can meet all of your needs. I mean, you know what I'm saying? First, we have to look at what needs are, because a lot of times people confuse needs and wants. And so my thing is, if you've decided to be in a committed relationship, that's what you've decided to do. You know, like, and and so one of my mentors, he's a psychologist, Dr. Sam Hasty, 
he developed a um he actually was a professor at Fayetteville State, but he developed a love theory. And mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tap and screw it, but basically I believe it was four dimensional love theory. And um I'm gonna see if I can find it to reference it. But basically he talked about like the top love, the fourth level was um covenant love. And a lot of relationships don't get to covenant love because that's unconditional love. The third mm-hmm. level was contractual love. And contractual love is where most relationships stay. Because the at the contractual love level, you're basically saying, you do this for me, I'll do this for you. So if I'm stereotypical and traditional, basically what that's saying is like in a stereotypical relationship, the man is saying, I'll pay the bills if you cook for me and keep and make my house a home. And the mm-hmm. woman is saying, I'll cook for you and make your house a home as long as you're paying these bills. So it's contractual. Same thing like, you know, what's that, Travis Porter? You want to see some ass? I want to see some cash. Keep them dollars coming and that's going to make me dance. So it's so it, we can stay in contractual love because it's like, all right, I need you to do ABC and I'm going to do XYZ. And that's how we're going to make it work. But covenant love is unconditional. So it means even in the absence of those contracts, I'm still going to love you. So when I think about a monogamous relationship, I think that if you've agreed to that, and, you know, even absent of someone that's able to meet certain needs, quote unquote, because what are they really needs? You know, like a man that needs sex five days a week. What's going to happen if he only gets it three? It's not like dialysis now. Come on. <laughs> you know, oh, that's going to make him want to go sleep with somebody else. He was probably going to do that anyway. <laughs> you know, day six. Because so I think that that's not appropriate to say I just, I just find it, you know, I've, I've, I've heard, um, what's his name? Um, DeVal, is DeVal and Kadeem, the social media couple? This is where I first heard this conversation when he said she pressured him. Huh? I hadn't you know heard about it. Tell me. So they have a podcast, um, called Dead ASS. And, um, up there, he was. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> I'm spilling it. <laughs> um, up there, he had um, asked her, well, he basically had said, you pressured me into marrying you. And she was like, how so? And he was like, because you told me you didn't want to shack up any longer. So I proposed to you. And when I proposed to you, you told me you did not want to be engaged for longer than a year. So you pressured me. And she said, no, you had a choice. And pretty much what he he was alluding to is that he has a very high sex drive and a lot of women want marriage, but they aren't willing to do the things to keep their, to fulfill their man's needs. Um, because if you ask a man to be monogamous, then you need to ensure that his needs are met. But he proposed to her. He asked her into his life by giving her a ring. So he really asked her for monogamy. Right. That, that That's, I mean, that's, they both agreed to it, but he proposed something to her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to me, like what, what, what bothers me is that oftentimes when this conversation is had, it's from a sexual standpoint. Mm-hmm. So it's, standpoint of a woman sleeping with a man every time he requests sex and what does the Bible say and the common order of who gets the first plate and all of these kind of things. And it's like, we want to follow rules when it's specific to that. But what about when it comes to this money? 
You know what I'm saying? So that to me, that conversation is basically saying that a woman like me, <laughs> unless I'm dating a guy that can like buy me a Mercedes or uh, put me in a mansion or buy me Chanel, you know, like he, he should let me sleep with other men that could do that. Mm-hmm. If he yeah, I see what you mm-hmm. If he can't, you know, he should allow me to not be monogamous, but you know, thank you for these uh Victoria's Secret underwear you got. You know, I'm going out with Michael on Saturday because he's gonna buy me um the Chanel bag I've been wanting. Mm-hmm. That that Chanel bag that everybody be wearing is about thirty some thirty five hundred dollars. <sighs> I'm not there yet. I mean, the the most expensive bag I've purchased was my was my first bag. Um, I was actually visiting Philadelphia with a girlfriend. This is before I lived here. She, um, we we were both therapists at the time, and uh, we went to King of Prussia Mall. Oh we, man, that mall will get you. <laughs> <laughs> but we had Louis and Gucci Saturday, and oh I my gosh, bag, what you get? Was, it was a Gucci bag, and the reason I remember the cost is because it was the year I graduated high school. Girl, bye. Because I know you graduated in the 2000s. <laughs> I show you this bag now, it's still intact. It was in 2000. I know it's intact because you barely wear it, probably. No, because so, the leather. The leather, the leather is so soft. <laughs> what? Sure. So look, let me tell you, I went to King of Prussia. You need a whole day to go through that mall. Maybe two days. Um, and I walked past the um, the uppity lane. You know, that's where Fendi, Gucci, Louis, all those places are. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a long line outside of Gucci and a long line outside of Louis. I don't do lines. So that was good for me. Um, but it made me wonder, what are all these regular folks out here buying? The cheapest thing they got. Oh, they Gucci, get checks the bill was getting. You know hey, everybody $10,000 scam money. Uh, what? <laughs> we didn't know about that. All the people scamming. Mm-mm. What you got in your hand? Oh, we're still in the box. Hey. Oh, no, this is the <laughs> latest gift I bought myself. Let me see. Let me see all the gifts. Listen, so I've been stalking Louis. I cannot get myself to buy something that costs that much. Because you know, in my head, I'm thinking like, man, I can go to Singapore for this. I can go to Thailand for this. Yeah. So that's that's where I want to go. I want to. So I love rap. I want to go where all the rappers went. I want to do with with COVID is I've been wanting to. Um, you know, like look at the, you know, kind of toward the United States since I can't go internationally, you know what I'm saying? Like really like, you know, looking into different things I can do in the United States, you know, um, different States that I haven't been to. I kind of want to go to. Where haven't you been? Oh, I haven't been a lot of places. So I haven't been to California. If we if we're talking specific to the United States, um, I haven't been to uh, New Mexico. Um, I haven't been to like just looking at places. I haven't been to like Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've been to, you've been to Texas. 
I have not. I haven't been to Texas. Uh, I need to go there. Is that the first place I should go? I Well, have you been to Florida? Let, let, let me see. You been to New York? I have. Been I've to been, Florida? I've, I've been to the East Coast pretty, pretty everywhere in the East Coast. Okay. You been to Florida? Except Boston. I've been to Florida. You been to uh, Louisiana? I have not. Louisiana's first. For the food? <laughs> For New Orleans, which would be food and et cetera. You should go for etc. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, New Orleans is. I love New Orleans. I I love it. Um, you you don't have to have a plan. You just walk, and things happen. Um, but uh, Texas is good too. You got Houston. You got Austin. You got Dallas. Um, and then Cali, of course, L.A. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if you weren't in the military, you would still travel as much as you do? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I wanted to do from when I was younger is always what I was going to do. I just found a way that made it easier, if that makes any sense. You know, so... I've always wanted to travel. Um, there's things I've always wanted to do. And, you know, the story about me joining the military was I was in my last semester of nursing school. We had probably about three weeks left. The Navy, the Army, and the Air Force came in and brought us food and talked about what they do and the benefits. And I've always been interested in, you know, doing things, you know, <laughs> running, <laughs> running right carrying a gun, but I didn't know that you could be a nurse in the military. I just, that's, I was so ignorant on the matter. I know I, I did not. You were a nurse. What you thought I, I was? <laughs> what Nothing. I, what did you think I was? I don't know. I never knew you were in healthcare. My research is on healthcare. I never knew you were a nurse. I, I read your biography that you sent me now. <laughs> Do you, like I don't think I've ever seen you in scrubs or any nurse stuff, Erica. No, girl, because we in the military, we do things. The you know, I mean, we ain't gangster, but you know what I'm saying. We we don't wear scrubs. We wear a uniform. <laughs> so I'm a flight nurse. Um, okay. So most of my years prior to here, especially like in Fedville and when I was in Japan, I worked on the back of an aircraft. Okay. And um, there's no need to wear scrubs. You know, you're configuring. Um, you're lifting things, you're connecting um, electrical equipment and doing things of that nature. So, no, we wear st- sturdy uniform with that. Um, but yeah, but when I was in my um, few weeks left in my nursing program, they came by and they talked about the benefits, uh, loan repayment, travel, um, the type of patients you would get to help. I mean, you're not going to be able to. You talk about wounded warriors and type of injuries that they um, suffer from. You're not going to be able to get that experience anywhere else except for in the military. Um, So I was like, absolutely. So I signed up for it. But no, I definitely would travel if I was not in the military. Conversations with Erica is sponsored by nobody. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to head on into part two, Dennis Blue.
All right. Welcome, everyone. Um, today is going to be very fun. I have um, Dennis Blue on. We go way back to LaGrange, North Carolina. Went to high school, this young man, um, even though he doesn't remember me. But anywho, we won't get on that. Today, we're going to be talking about a variety of topics. And it was my idea to bring on a guy and then later in another episode, bring on a young lady. And we're going to hit a variety of topics and you're going to get the viewpoint from a young man and then also from a, a young woman. So uh, welcome, Dennis. How are you doing today? Thank you so much, Erica, for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, it's starting to come back to me about me remembering who you are now. So mm-hmm. sorry about that. Mm-hmm. A couple of grades, right. couple of grades behind me. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't supposed to know me. You ain't supposed to know a freshman. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, I saw that you on my Facebook timeline, you actually like hold a variety of conversations on YouTube, right? Yes. It's actually on a platform. Um, called Webinar Jam, and mm-hmm. it wasn't originally supposed to be meant for that, but I actually created something which um, allowed me to have up to six uh, people on video at a time where I could pull people from the crowd, and um, it ended up turning into something, so it's it pretty cool. Okay, okay. Is your volume up? Yeah, let me just make sure. I'm sorry. No problem. Can but you- yeah, when I... Huh? Can you, can you hear me now? I can hear you. It's just a little, a little low. I'll make sure I talk a little bit loud. See, there you go. Right there is okay. the mic. Okay. Um, but yeah, I saw your, I saw, I went to your YouTube or cause the platform was posted onto YouTube. Yeah. And I was like, man, they're having some really, really good um, conversation. And let me hit him up and see if he'll be willing <laughs> to, you know, talk about a couple things. So. Absolutely. I'm going to start you off with, is chivalry dying? What's your thoughts? Um, Is chivalry dying? Um, I don't think so. I think that um, in our generation, I think that it's definitely still there. I think that um, with the younger generation that's coming up, it's not too many, not saying it's not too many role models, but it's more so what you see on social media is, is a bigger influence than what it used to be. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's dying. I just think that it's not like it used to be. If, if that is a good answer for you. So if it's not like it used to be, does that mean that it de- decreased or you just mean that it changed? I think that it did decrease and I think that it did change at the same time. I think that, um, far as on the decreasing part, I think that as we get older, you know, more of us, not too many people die, people, it's it's just natural in life. So if you don't have anybody that would teach you that, then it, it of course, is going to decrease, in my opinion. I'm just okay. stating my opinion. I, no, I, I, think, know, I, know. I think it's still there for sure. Okay. What about um, you? How do you feel about it? I do believe that is dying for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that chivalry, I mean, it's part of being a gentleman. Some people naturally do it. It doesn't have to do with being romantic. It's just how you perceive the people beside you and how you treat them, uh, mostly a, a young lady. Um, but I think that 
is part of the reason why it's dying is because it's not necessary. It's not an, it's not necessary. I'm just saying part of the reason. There's a variety of reasons, but I believe that a lot of people don't have to do certain things to get a date. They don't have to do certain things to get a young lady's attention. It's not the standard. Um, they're not going to be looked down upon because they don't do this or don't do that. Um, so therefore, it became culture um, gradually not to. But if it was expected, if women expected and required men to do certain things before they could take them out on a date, men would rise to that standard. Yeah, I agree. I, I But that comes with teaching. Um, for example, my daughter is 14. So my biggest thing is when we walk on the street, we walk on the inside. The lady's always supposed to walk on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, when we go out, it's certain things that I do with as far as uh, whether we do vacations, whether we go out to different restaurants or I take her to get her nails done. It's, it's more so to say as she gets older, well, my dad does this. What else can you offer me? You know, and I think that that should be taught to every young woman with a father is is just how you should be treated. And I agree. I don't, I agree with that. Um, But the young guys would have to be treated as well or teached as well, you know, because what happens is even though I was taught these things, um, depending on where you are in the world, uh, the dating culture changes even across the U S so if the women in that city, if the standard, not to say you should change your standard, but it can make dating a child even more of a challenge. Um, because if the women in that area, that's not something that they value or interested in, or that's not the flavor of that city, mm-hmm. um, you'll find it being more of a challenge. Um, because as a woman, yes, you can you can set me, I can set my standard cool, but what is everybody else doing? Because one thing I've learned is when I date guys, it kind of tells me something about the ladies in the area because the guys pursue you based off their experiences with the women um, they've came across. I agree to a degree. (laughs) I agree to a degree. I mean, it it all depends on the, the guy. I mean, I 100% agree with you, but I do think that if you meet the right person, so like, say if I had met you, right, mm-hmm. and we went out on a first date, my natural instinct would be if we're walking to make sure that you're on the inside. And even if you were on the outside, I would say, could you please get on the inside? If mm-hmm. you would ask, then I would say, you know, if anything were to happen, I would rather it happen to me than you. But you from the country. We nah, from the same I'm, place. No, I'm I'm from New York. I was born in the Bronx. Yeah, we went to North Lenore together. Yeah, that don't mean nothing. I came what right in high school. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, okay. well no. All I was, right. No, I went to well, middle I, I was in middle school. I was in middle school down there. Mm-hmm. But, well, I'm not going to take anything away from you. I I believe you would do those things and I do believe there's men out there who who do those things. I um, but just from the the question, is it dying? I believe that yes. it's present, um, but I don't think it's as prevalent as it used to be. Yes, I agree. You know, so um, I, I do think that. And I don't think there, there's some women out there who don't really care for it. They say, I can open my own doors. 
<laughs> yeah, you you're right. It's you a, know, it's, it's a good amount of women out there that say that. It's too so, independent, I would say sometimes. What's too independent? It's just like I think that women are. I think women are strong overall. It doesn't matter the race, your religion. Um, I hundred percent believe that women, men are physically stronger than than women. Some women, because there's a lot of strong women out there. But I think that um, through the things that they go through, I think they, in a lot of times, they they come out to be stronger than men. Um, but I do think that it should be a point in time where let the man be the man. You know, let me hold the door for you, or or let me rub your back sometimes if you feel if you <laughs> if you if you in, if you had a long day, you don't gotta be like get off me. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm just saying, especially you know, in the military, I know your feet be hurting. Come on now, I'm con- <laughs> listen. I can't listen when I get home. I take them boots off. You just don't know the release I feel. Okay. And, you know, we blouse our pants. You know how you see them with the, the pants look like they perfectly tuck. I take that band off. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> oh, you just don't know. And then you you uh, undo that belt buckle. Ooh, ain't yeah. nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. man. All right. So earlier you mentioned, like, you know, if I, you know, if I was dating a young lady, I would um, have her walk on the inside and I would hold the door for her and things of that nature. So this question I have for you, and I know you say you had some questions for me, so you can jump I in absolutely, anytime. Absolutely I, do. I love the question. <laughs> okay. Um, what is the difference between dating and courting or is there a difference? I think, I think there is a difference. I think that um, it's it could be one of the same depending on the person. Um, but I think courting is more so when you hear courting, I think of down south, which would be like, all right, yeah, you know, we're gonna go out and. But it's now nah, you know what I take that back. I'll say it's the same thing. It's just different different terminologies. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think people date like that these days? Mm, it's a little bit different from when it was when we were growing up. It's more so For like sure. I like you, you like me, and I'll maybe I want this, and maybe you want that, and we keep it moving. If it turns into something, then it is something. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the pandemic that we're in now, you have so many people that are getting divorced. Why is because they never really got to know each other. So when you're stuck in a house with somebody. For eight months to six months at the time, you like, oh, I ain't never, she crazy, or he crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, and people's tolerance ain't the same. I hate to make it sound like that, but, um, you know, I just feel like options are so accessible nowadays that people's viewpoint on relationships have really changed. Mm-hmm. In regards to how they perceive um, what they will or would not tolerate, I mean, of course, there's going to be some issues, mm-hmm. um, and I just think that people just know at any given time, well, I can just find me somebody else. Um, it's just a different mindset, I think. I think too many options. People don't do well with a lot of options. They do better with 
a small amount of options. So what are your options? What do you mean? I mean, what are the things that you like? When you see somebody, how do you know if you would... What are some of the key things that you like about a person? So when you first talk to a person, are you... Mm-hmm. When you first meet a person, what are some of the things that you'd be like, hmm, he's interesting? If if a person can get me to to pause and thought, I love that. Mm. I that I happened love, like three times a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I <laughs> I like um I like someone to be able to take my mind somewhere it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. Um I like to explore things, new things with my mind. Um and really weigh, you know, what I think about that um, and have conversation. I love a good conversation. Uh-huh. Um, so that that's one thing I value. That's one thing I value in friends. That's one thing I value in a man. Also, when it comes to men, I, I, I value. Um, so, you know, there's like masculine and feminine energy. And yeah. I do. I do like a man who's walking firmly you know, in masculine, understanding that there's feminine parts that come in, show, you know, what um, leadership, uh-huh. um, someone who is already headed into where they're going. <clears throat> and I'm simply there to enhance them, um, who, who's a problem solver, um, just the essence of, of a leader. Um, those are things that I, that I value. Those two, those two main things. Yeah, and then there's some other things that kind of come down. But once you can get, once I can get those things, you know, as far as my preference on like physically how someone is, if you can catch my mind, then everything else will follow. Has that happened to you lately? Um, In a a while? No, not romantically. Um, I've definitely spoken with people who um, I really enjoy the conversation. You know, and I, I'll get, you know, like joy out of having conversation with people like on a friendship level uh-huh. or just like through the like podcast thing, having, you know, people making me think and pause. I love it. Um, I've had that, but like romantically, no. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So, but you know, it's a little hard because you, most people when it comes to dating are doing the online thing and well you kind of have to unless you're meeting up with the mask on but yeah you know i get it yeah you know and i think even before covid that's how most people date is online and i think it's just it can happen i know it can happen but i believe that when you meet someone in person it, it just it holds different than when you're Meet someone online, yeah. You you was online dating Christian Mingle and stuff like that. Christian Mingle, <laughs> not <laughs> you know, Christian Mingle. You know, <laughs> is that still a thing? I, I I heard I heard it was. Oh gosh, you know, Christians I, I definitely... need love too. You know, I know they need love. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm a Christian too. Yeah, I was gonna say we need love too. I know, but everybody up there ain't. Yeah, you're right. They you not, they just trying to find them. <laughs> you know, I've I've tried um, a variety of them, and I feel like I want to write a book on this. Uh, but I've tried a variety of 
platforms. Mm, and interesting. yeah, it just depends on where you are in the world. Mm. It it changes. The flavor changes. The approach changes. Um, from my experience, uh-huh. some of the guys that I've seen that seem to be well-to-do, I've actually spoken to on the phone or whatever, I believe that if I was to meet this same, even though it didn't fare out well online, if I had met this person in person, it would go somewhere. But there's not much credibility online. Uh, I mean, a person is a person. You could kind of gauge a person, in my opinion. You could gauge a if you would like the person or if the person has good conversation, that's just like, I mean, let's take me and you, for example, right? I I haven't, don't remember, but I hadn't seen you in years. But if, if we were both technically on a dating app, I would be like, oh, you know what? She might be all right. You know, she got the Erica Badu thing going on with the headset. You know, okay. She might be all right. So it's just, I think that everybody has a representative when you first meet them, if you're trying to date. But there are people that are exactly who they are. I do believe that. And you know, I, I believe that as well. I how do I how do I explain break down what I mean? Like, got that pause. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of like um. You know, like a guy. So prior to sending me a message, a guy has had experiences. I don't know what those experiences experiences are with women and their intent for being on that site doesn't necessarily line up with what my intent is. Uh So what happens is sometimes the guy begins to um, approach me based off of his experiences with that lady. Uh But if I'm sitting at a bar and a guy comes up to me and I begin to speak to him and open my mouth and he sees my body language and everything like that uh-huh. is more weight on that. If yeah, you, it is. No, you're right. You're you know right. what I'm saying? So if he sends me a message and he says, hello, how are you doing? Cause first of all, we got to get through the, those basic lines that everybody does. And some people don't even make it through that. They move on to something else and how are you? What do you do? Da, 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 da. But see, if he's in front of me and we're at the bar and he's like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. How are you? And he's looking at me and I'm looking at him. That's completely different. Nah, you're right. You're right. The, you know, like he can pick up the vibe. I can pick up his vibe. And that resonates more than the back and forth on um, whatever platform. Pick one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So have you ever, um, have you done online dating? Mm, Not really. I'm more of a, like you said, I'm more of a face-to-face person. Um, Have I spoke to somebody like online or try to get to know somebody? Yeah, I've done that. Like, but more, not so much for dating, but really trying to get to know the person and Mm -hmm. uh, who they are and what they like and what they dislike. And if, if we'll even be a fit to even meet. So I guess if you kind of want to say that, yeah. But for the most part, I'm I'm just like you. I I would rather want to meet the person face to face because it's not like you you being you can't be catfished if you meet the person face to face. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you. I mean, I've heard. Well, some you stories. can. You can. Yeah. You can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take that back. You can. You definitely uh, can. Yeah. I had a couple mm-hmm. of stories myself, but yeah. 
Yeah. So when you when you are dating, do you do you have deal breakers? Yes. What are what are some red flags uh, or deal breakers that you if have? If you are a smoker, oh, because I'm I'm not. I don't smoke and I'm not, I'll drink, but I'm not a drinker. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that, you know, everybody has their vices, but I think that uh, smoking definitely a deal breaker. Um, you can drink, but not overly drinking. Chewing with your mouth open. <laughs> Chewing with your mouth open. Um, if, if, if your feet bigger than mine, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You must have. You ran across that? Yeah, yeah. If your feet bigger than mine, like, it, nah. Come nah. on, man. You can't knock somebody if they feet bigger than yours. I don't know. And I got, my feet ain't that big either. So I'm like, ah. So it don't take much then. What you saying? Oh, what size shoe you wear? Eight and a half. And men or women? And women. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'm an eight, eight and a half in men. So if your feet bigger than mine, then we, uh, we gotta. If, no, if, no. I just mm-hmm. can't go to the door, or and if, if, if we in, if we involved, and I get out the bed, and your slippers bigger than mine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna feel. I'm gonna feel like Kevin Hart. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I got you. Is um, that it? Nah, you, uh, if you got, you want me to really go in? Like, Come say, on, oh my, say yo, if, if, if we first meet and you got, like, if your breath is rocking, like, nah, yo, like, you got, like, a bad tooth or something in there, nah, you got to get all of that fixed. If you missing teeth, yeah, nah. I mean, you can miss them in the back. But yeah. you can't be missing them all up in the front. Like, nah. Has that um, happened to you? Bad breath? Yeah, yeah. That's that's happened. Um if if we if say this well, it's the shirt you got on is nice. So say if you had no sleeves, right? And you put your arm up and you just got like all this hair under your arm. Nah, 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 nah. Got more hair under your arm than me, nah. We can't we can't rock. So okay, so you want like a like a lady? You want a dainty lady, huh? Not even a dainty lady. You could be like, you could be, you could even be tomboyish. But I like that. Uh, that girly tomboyish. That yo, I'm about to go. I'm about to go do this weightlifting competition. You know somebody like that? Yeah, hey, you know what I'm saying? I seen, you know, and I'm gonna be in your corner. Yo, let's go. I'm gonna be working oh, out with man. you. Mm-hmm. But like like somebody that's athletic, somebody that's uh the you know that that it's outgoing. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. But just gotta come on, you gotta have some type of feminine lady like to you, like, come on, you got the, the cute tomboy. Yes, uh, that's okay, cool. Got you. All right, so no bad breath. I think everybody can go with that. Uh, her feet can't be big. Feet can't be big, and and I mean you could you could be missing a little bit of hair. You know, you we could always add to that. But damn, like it gotta be. You know, those aren't really 
big ones. I think those are reasonable. No hair under the armpits and no smoking. I think those are very reasonable. And real body parts. Because I seen somebody, I had an experience, and she had the fake butt. <laughs> okay. The the whole butt was sitting on the ground. <laughs> Looked like what? a shoulder pad. Was, what the fuck is that? <laughs> My fu- oh, I'm sorry. She had that bo- like I- booty bump? Yeah. Booty pops. That's what it's called. Hold on. Wait a minute. So, wait. Did you go on a date with this lady? But it's like a friend. This is like a... I ain't gonna really call it. This is some years ago. It was, it was a like thing. Uh, it was a thing. So I'm oh. like, and she had to pull the booty pop off, right? Yeah, I ain't even know what it was because it was dark in the room. Mm-hmm. So I almost tripped on them. What's this? And then I looked, and it was the whole ass just on the ground. <laughs> I'm sorry, we supposed to be cursing on the show. Oh my gosh! Um, it was the whole butt. On the, on the yeah, the booty on the ground. Yeah, I tripped over it. Wow, you know, I I went to a party mm-hmm. and a lady had a booty pop on. Oh, and we the ladies knew it was a booty pop mm-hmm. because the dress or whatever she had on, whenever she was moving, it kind of got pulled in the crease, mm-hmm. like under the lift of the the booty. So you could clearly see the defined shape of the booty pop. But she thought she was getting it, and none of her friends told her. Mm, I thought about it, but it been too much, yeah. I mean, booty pop, ladies. You know, I'd rather for a woman to get a booty pop than to go and do stuff by other means. The surgery? Uh, that may not be safe, yeah. I mean, you just got to accept yourself. Like, ain't nobody perfect. I just, I don't know. What's the deal? What's the deal breaker for you? This is what I want to know your deal breakers. Man, okay, so I'm gonna take it as your breath got to be regular. You know, just regular. That's, that's part of it. Yeah, that's already a given. Deal breaker. Got mask on these days, so you might have to wait after the pandemic to find you that said out. What now? Oh, mask. <laughs> um. Okay, so deal breakers would be. Um, a person's inability to communicate effectively. Yeah, that's definitely um, a deal breaker. If a person isn't um, emotionally mature. Yeah, yeah. And if I start to get the feeling, because if I'm dating, my intent is, the, let's see if we can go to long haul. Mm-hmm. So if I start to pick up little things that their actions are not mirroring what their words are saying, um, that's a deal breaker. Um, and that's pretty much it. Huh, that's it? Uh, well, I will say, well, that's coming to mind right now, but with children, if um, it's not a deal breaker if a person has children, but how a person dates with children can be a deal breaker. Yeah. So I don't hold because I like older men. I prefer older men. Oh, is like that how, right? Yes, that's right. How how old? <laughs> how old? You mean how old would I go? Yeah. Let's see, I'm thirty three. I think I don't know. I seen some nice look forty seven, huh. maybe forty I, so I you know, I've never dated that. Route, huh? Oh my gosh. Listen. <laughs> that is <laughs> 
Um, so I can get some benefits. You know, that's listen, 50, I got the benefits. I got the benefits. Well, you're you right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, thank you. You put benefit. in on my benefits. <laughs> yeah, taxpayer money. <laughs> so uh I never dated that high, but I I mean I, I could see it. I would. I uh, say like seventy five, you know. And your life insurance, you know. About to you be said about you would date somebody who's seventy five. Yeah, put them to bed at seven. They be, be all right. Come on, man. Stop. <laughs> oh, my nah, God. Nah, I think the highest I would go would be. Forty six, forty seven. OK. Can't be like. Yeah. Can't be that. Um, That's the only deal breakers. Um, what was I saying? Oh. Um, that's a, I mean, that's a, those are big ones. Um, you know, at, oh yeah. Like I was saying, um, the fact that he has children isn't a deal breaker, but how he manages that and dates, um, could potentially be a deal breaker. Um, yeah. I mean, how someone conduct themselves in a relationship, uh, I, I start to think about, could I do this the long haul? So do I believe this is a person that, because we all got our flaws, our strengths, uh-huh. weaknesses, whatever. Uh-huh. But then when I'm looking at this person, um, what I understand that I have to invest in this person. Uh-huh. But if what I invest, if I'm investing so much into this person and I'm not reaping anything back, uh-huh. um, I have to remove myself. Because some people come to the table and they're not really ready. They're not really bringing anything um, uh-huh. You know, your finances might not match mine. Cool. But are you emotionally matured? Are you healed from your last one? Like there's so many different things or categories, you know, you're looking at when you're dating somebody. And if you are below average or still working in every area of your life, um, then it's like, well, are you helping propel this particular person as in me and vice versa? Or are you weighing that person down from, you know, prospering because they're too busy trying to help you catch up in all these different areas, you know? No, hundred percent. So that's, that's a deal breaker for me. Um, yeah, those are the, those are the big ones. Okay. If we can get past those, then, you know, everything else can be mm, worked on. It's okay if he's got hair in his arms or if his shoes are bigger than mine. Yeah, he's supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope that he does. Mm-hmm. I don't mind nothing like that. If y'all got the same size shoes, that's a, that might be a little problem. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. <laughs> a little problem. Um, do you think that? Do you think women like nice guys? I think that women like nice guys. After their, I think women like nice guys, but I think a lot of women go through, especially through high school and and some in college, the the bad guys. Um, mm-hmm. I think that as they get, as we all get older, you realize that you realize two things. You realize some of the nice guys really weren't nice guys. 
or you realize some of the nice guys that you overlooked were really the guys that had that showed the chivalry and that really were about something that wanted to make something or, or build something with the person. So I think, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. You know, cause I've talked to, um, you know, guys, women, whatever. And, um, I know guys who intentionally do certain things to get the certain reaction they want from a woman. So as far as how fast they respond to a text, um, withholding certain gifts or treatment um, because they believe it will ha- have the lady respect them more. Mm, I think that's uh, you said whack. What? I think that's my opinion. I wouldn't do that. I mean, why be somebody that you're not? Like if you feel a certain type of way, show that. If you want to do something for somebody, do it. Um, I'm not going to suppress or, or, like, oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to give you this gift because I want you to, nah, it shouldn't be like that. If it's, if you are in a relationship like that, then maybe you should get out of that relationship. Mm-hmm. It, it should be fluent. Yeah. I, you know, I, yes, I believe that. But then also you should be selective about who you're going to. Exactly. Yeah. Cause sometimes you, you may be picking people who just, they don't value that mess. You know, some, some girls do, you know, they they like that push and pull type relationship for some reason. And if yeah. you are too nice, they might view that as being passive or being uh, whatever. So you just have to make sure that if you're going to be investing your energy and your money, that it's somebody that's going to value that, you know, yeah. and not just a baddie that off Instagram. Um, yeah. So, but what you have for me? Um, my thing yeah, for you, like juicy one, um, my thing for you is, um, uh, for one, I love the show. I can't, can't thank you enough for having me. I want to say that first and foremost. Thank you. Um, yeah. Two is, um, what makes, what's the most attractive thing about a man to you? His brain. His brain, right? So what's one thing besides that, besides mm-hmm. his looks, besides his brain, that would say, um, damn, I really wanna I really wanna get to know this person. If when does it come to that point for women? For you. Being so, that me and you were talking. Okay. So past his you're saying past his mind, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would say it is the tone that he sets. Mm-hmm. So um, when I'm dating a guy, how about this? When I go to work, I feel like that's a uber masculine type environment, mm-hmm. right? So whenever I'm dating or when I come home, I kind of want to rest in my f- femininity, if that makes sense. So if I'm with a guy and I feel that I don't get to do that. I have to turn back on my masculine switch. I have to make all these decisions. I have to plan. I have to, um, you're getting stressed out about my minute things. Um, and I have to help you problem solve this or help you do this. And, and it's stressing me out. And 
I don't get to rest, mm-hmm. you know, in something. So I really value a man's ability to to lead and set the tone of what his role is mm-hmm. in the relationship. That that's what I like because I feel like you know that is watering me and you're going to reap good fruit if you do that. Um but if you're asking me to do things that's going to cause me to step back into my masculine role, I think that's going to raise an issue. Hmm. You know, okay. and I I think that unbeknownst to a lot of people, I think that is an issue. Um you know, like men want a very feminine woman. They want you to dress up. They want you to look nice. They want you to to be domestic around the house. But then they're asking you to also do very masculine things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I want someone who um, can make me feel comfortable in not having to be masculine um, 24 hours a day. Do you, would you prefer... Um, someone in the military or a civilian? Oh man, I've gone back and forth. Um, I don't have a preference mm-hmm. because with certain qualities I'm looking for, I can't be narrowing it down that slim. Yeah, you know I no, can't. Just, no, no, no. I'm just saying yeah. this with me. You know, I can't narrow it down even more to that. But this is what I do understand. Mm-hmm. The type of guys I'm usually um, attracted to, and because I'm a woman, is different from men in the military. Men in the military, um, you'll see more often a lady is okay with moving to wherever they have to go, right? But if I'm dating someone and he's a lawyer, if I'm dating someone and he's a CPA mm-hmm. and he's trying to move up in a particular firm or something like that, he's less likely willing to uproot everything and follow me around. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, it's just pros and cons to both, but I just, I'm open to either as long as the qualities are there. Thanks again for giving me some of your time. Please feel free to leave a message if there's a topic or a question that you'd like for me to address. Before you leave, subscribe and hit that bell at the top so you'll know when the next episode is ready for your listening pleasure. Until then, stay blessed.